the end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in his various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we do want to give glory and honor to you through you, Jesus. Be glory and power forever and ever. We thank you for your love and pray this morning as we open up your word that your love will be poured out upon us like a flood. That we may receive your words and your call this day from your love to love. To do what you've asked us to can only be accomplished through you. Pour out your love. Filling us fresh and anew with your presence. Of who you are. So much so that you are evident in our life. Beginning right here, right now. Move, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, have your way. Father, reign supremely. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Many of you have, I'm sure, heard the famous line from the one of the famous lines from The Wizard of Oz is Dorothy at the very end. Uh, talked about, right? There's no place like home. Click the heels together. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. As she did that. But if you really think about it, at least for some people who really think about it, it doesn't make sense. It's not logical. She is saying and clicking her heels together to go back to home when she's in Oz, one of the most beautiful places there is, with all kinds of people who care about her and have joined with her, and, and she's, she, she's been with people who really care about her, and she has a significant place there in Oz. I mean, she's important in what she's done for that whole land, and it's in color. And she wants to go back to black and white, back to the place where it's all stormy, back to that place. Why? Some people would say, because there's no place like home. It's not about the place. It's not about what it looks like. It's about the people and the feeling you have with those people who you care about, who care about you, who make you feel at home. You know what? People are looking for that today. They're looking for a place to call home. They're looking for a place that they can feel at home. And the church should be that place out of anywhere. And we can be, especially as we put into practice what the 
word is talking about this morning, especially uh, looking at verse 9, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. You know, that whole phrase, there's no place like home, kind of has a curious meaning for the Connor family. <laughs> Some of you are aware. Yeah, it's kind of like, oh... Uh, what and there? There's uh, sometimes like there is no place called home, but that's not completely true, because we've had as we've been here, people who have opened up their homes to us, and and have had that sense where there is uh, to feel at home, as people practiced hospitality towards us. You know, it's not just something we do as individuals. This should be something we do as a church. Something we're called to, each and every one together. And hopefully we think about this as we're preparing for next week when we're going to invite people to come to a place where you belong is the theme. We invite them to to come to this place where they belong. come to a place that is God's home that they might be able to feel at home at what's involved in that what do we need to do what uh, you know we can't just click our heels together and this just becomes you know a wonderful place like home but as we apply the scriptures as we practice hospitality. In fact, we're going to look at two different ways to do that this morning. The first, and for us just to recognize that we can provide a place to call home when we practice hospitality. We do that first by practicing hospitality as an action that leads to an attitude. We're going to see this go both ways, but this, we begin with an action that leads to an attitude. To practice hospitality is more than just simple manners or being polite. It goes beyond being neighborly and helpful. In a sense, it is being Christ-like. It is a response to the command of God here. It is a reaction to the grace of God in our lives that we've received. It is something that is done in word and deed and communicates a family feeling that you are welcome, you are wanted, an action that leads to an attitude on their part. Welcome to God's house. That whole sense of you belong here. God's word not only commands us to practice hospitality in verse 8 and 9 here as we're talking about what's going on in, in verse 9 to practice hospitality, but there are examples over and over throughout the word of God about the sacred duty of welcoming somebody into your house. That's going to happen next week for me. Hopefully there will be a house to go to in North Carolina that the pastor has. As uh, I'm in the, uh, uh, Greensboro, so it's away from the major part of the storm. But you think about it, that's what it calls, uh, not just calls us to, but we see examples of that. The NIV says to offer hospitality, and there's a sense that it's like that, but in other places like the uh, New American talked about being hospitable, be hospitable. It's more than just something that, that, that happens at one moment, but it is something that is a constant action, something that not only that you do when someone asks you to, but goes beyond that. We see that in the life of Abraham in, in Genesis chapter 18. In, in Genesis chapter 18... 
we read about Abraham and, and we know the Lord appeared to Abraham near, not that he knew what was going on at that time in the heat of the day. In verse 2, Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. And when he saw them, he hurried to the entrance of the tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. And he said, if I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought, and then you may wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat so you can be refreshed and then go on your way. And now that you have come to your servant, very well, they answered, do as you say. Now, there's some interesting things about this, and we're not going to get in-depth. But one of the interesting things is here is Abraham, an old man, a very old man, who also has many, many, many servants in the heat of the day saying, let me be the one to serve you. Let me be the one to practice hospitality towards you. And it wasn't doing that because he saw these guys were some famous people or some major dignitaries. He didn't know who they were. I mean, we read it. We know who it is. It's showing up. That's not, doesn't mean Abraham had a clue in that moment who it all was. As he offered hospitality, which was a normal thing to, to go out of his way. In fact, they didn't ask for anything. That's, that's part of what being, practicing hospitality is they didn't ask for anything. He begged for the privilege of having them as guests. He begged them to be his guests, to make them feel welcome at his home. More than giving food, more than meeting some need. It is about making them just be able to rest and to feel at home, to feel cared about. You see, people in the Bible went out of their way to invite people in, to look for opportunities to practice hospitality. And we, therefore, as churches, should go out of our way to practice that hospitality, to beg people for the opportunity for them to be our guests in God's house. And that's part of what doing even next week. We still have plenty of those engagers. I said there's hundreds are still to be able to use or out in the lobby. But every opportunity we get. Remembering ultimately this is about an attitude. It's not strictly about a particular... See, some, I think sometimes when we think of, of hospitality, of, of reaching out in kindness to somebody in this way, it's about serving their favorite brand of coffee or playing their favorite genre of music. And those are nice and they're special. But hospitality is not about getting everything perfect. It's about getting personal. In fact, the way you know that somebody does not have the gift of hospitality it talks about is when they have to have everything perfect. It's about getting personal. It's nice to be treated like royalty. But it's better to be treated as family. You catch the difference between that? You know what we're talking about. It's nice to treat people like royalty, but that's not what we're trying to do. It is better to be treat people like family. That is what this is about. That is that sense that our actions bring about in someone. And so it's not about how clean or beautiful your house is. And whether it's going to make the cover of Home and Garden magazine. It's not about how fancy and expensive the food is that you serve. So too, we're talking about the church. It's not about how perfect we are. 
how perfect things look here or how perfect things look here. It's about an action that leads to an attitude that can feel welcome. Welcome home. Here. Have you really thought about the importance of this and obedience and practicing hospitality even on a Sunday morning? Have we ever, you know, you got, well, you got a team that does that and you got those people and all of us are called to practice this hospitality. All of us should be this way and to recognize. I mean, sometimes I think we believe that whether somebody comes back, comes in and then comes back is dependent upon the worship or dependent upon the preaching. But the truth is they've already made their decision before they ever hear the music, before they ever hear the preaching. Most people have already made their decision in the first 10 minutes of exposure to a church, their first impressions. Not only the first 10 minutes, but the last 10 minutes after the service is over. Just think about it. Walk in the footsteps of somebody who's coming to church for the very first time. And I think so many of us, it's been so long, we don't even recognize how hard that is just to pull into a parking lot someplace. We don't recognize the feeling that they have and just the, the new people, new place, new, not, not unsure of, and just all that's involved in that. And not to mention, think about even in our own lives what goes on on Sunday morning just getting here sometimes. That is a fiasco in itself, right? Sometimes, and yet you're here, and people need to have that sense that we're together, that there is a sense that here's a place where you can be at home. When you go to a store, you look for the closest parking spot. Many people do. As in church, come into a church service. You know, you don't want people to have to park in the Jonah the Whale Jonah and the whale parking lot someplace, you know, uh, we've got the uh, the signs, the, the, the signs there that are which some of you have seen. The reason to say that, think about that welcome, that home, uh, practicing the hospitality in that kind of way means to do this means that we park a little farther away. Uh, at least for those who are able to park a little farther away. That's why you're not going to see these signs out there. The pastor's parking over there. You're not going to see a sign like this. Well, you know. Yeah, just watch it. You'll not be blessed. Day of judgment. And you park, you preach. So you don't have to worry. We're not going to put those signs up. Because all of us need to recognize this is a responsibility. All of us, we can. So we park over there. We park across the street to be welcoming. But then after, uh, when you think about it, so it's not just the parking. Somebody comes to visit you at your house. They park. After they park and they come to your house, uh, uh, you usually wait for them, know they're coming, wait for them. You open the door and you welcome them. You don't expect them to let themselves in and somehow to find you somewhere in the house hanging out with your family. Oh, hey, you're here. You know, in general, that's not the way we treat our guests at home. That shouldn't be the way we treat our guests here. We're looking for this to understand uh, the few friendly faces to help out, to show hospitality to everyone. We forget, I think sometimes, that we're not coming to my church this morning you didn't come to your church you came to the lord's church not mine 
This is not our house. This is his house. And we are honored to be doorkeepers in. Psalm 84 verse 10 says, Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. To be a doorkeeper in God's house. Not just someday up there, but right here. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? Now, some of you are just kind of, you're kind of listening. You hear that. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? We hear that so often and we individualize it like we do so many things here in our American independent kind of churchianity. But it's not about, because usually what we think about, oh yeah, uh, my individual physical body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And we got to watch how we take care of what we put in. And we talk all about that. That's not what that scripture is about. It's not about your body as the temple of the Holy Spirit. It is about this body as the temple of the Holy Spirit. It goes on to say, if anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. For God's temple is sacred and you together are that temple. You together are that temple. Sacred. A place of God's home. That we want others to have a sense that they are welcome home. All blocks in the building. So as they come in and recognize that welcome, it comes for them to find a seat. And unfortunately, sometimes what happens is, and, and we have places here and there, but sometimes as things get uh, uh, tight, you, know, you say, well, an usher can help people, but putting a bunch of seats together sometimes in some churches, I think they need to have ushers equipped with forklifts. So they can kind of lift the guests over and put them right, right in the middle because we all sit on the ends, right? Not everybody, but sometimes that's what we do. To be able to have a place, how are they going to get in? Uh, most people who are, who are newcomers are not wanting to impose on other people and crawl over them and, and, be tr- and not to mention not to crawl over and bother you getting in, but they're trapped then in the middle because you don't know. You see all, you know... This doesn't look like a church. You got all this band stuff up here. What if they start doing Ozzy Osbourne stuff or something? I got to get out of here. You know, you're trapping them in. You got to think, how can we make it feel like home? Make them feel at home. Not just the action, but the action that brings the attitude. And you think about somebody coming to your house. As far as that goes, you know, you invite them to come in. And as they get ready, as they come in, your living room, oh, and they get ready to sit down. That's my wife's chair. She's going to have a thing about it. Go ahead, but have a seat anywhere. Well, oh, come on. Obviously, you know, that's my chair. That's the biggest chair in here, uh, right? So that's mine. We don't sit there. Oh, okay. And the person goes over to sit on the couch. Ah, you know what? The, the kids like to sit there just saying, you know. And then somebody finally says, okay, I'll just lay on the, I'll sit here on the floor. Well, that's the dog's favorite spot. Do you do that at home? You know, you know, do you say, you know what? We ha- I have a metal chair out in the kitchen. No, I'm not planning on bringing it in. I'm just going to leave it out in the kitchen. We'll just talk loud. It's not, that's not welcoming. That's not uh, uh, an action that conveys an attitude. 
as we think about those who come in here, how are we treating that? And I know some of us, we kind of laugh at this, but the reality is still in churches today, there are those who think, like we're back in the 1700s where we have paid pew rentals. You know, you're sitting in my seat. You think that doesn't happen? Oh, yes, it does. You're sitting in my seat. You know, there's this sense that you hear churches, you hear churches, you know what? We just, we know we're, we're going down and we just need to grow. We, our church needs to grow. I just don't really want new people. Not new people sitting in my seat in the sanctuary or in the boardroom. What do we really want? And so, anyway, once you get them in the area to sit down, they feel at home, how are you going to go with that? They're sitting down and the people around you, sometimes you sit beside Eeyore. You know what I mean? Oh, bother. You're here in my space. Why even bother to get to know your name? Don't imagine you'll be here for long. Nobody seems to ever come back that sits around here. Don't know what their problem is. Must be the pastor's fault. You know, about the best thing you can say is, well, at least you didn't growl at them. You know, I think that's what happens. Listen, no matter what's going on with you, allow the joy of the Lord to come out. Allow there to be a sense that there is no place like home. You know, it is true that in some churches it feels like you just went to God's funeral, not his celebration. And it should not just be in the worship. It should be in our interactions with one another. We're excited. We're excited about God. We're excited about the good news of Jesus. We're excited to be here. Now, there is a, is it possible to go too far in this? Because once Eeyore gets his coffee, once the donkey Eeyore gets his coffee, sometimes... Oh, I'm so happy, 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 happy to see you here today. Let me give you a big hug. You know, you look lovely today. What are you doing with your hair? I love what you're doing with your hair. You know, it looks really gay. Hey, I got an idea. How about I sit down right here beside you? You know, uh, you might want to take a tic-tac, but how about I sit down right here behind you? You know, you got to have friends. Yes, you sing with them, you know. Hey, next Sunday, you got to come next Sunday. I don't want to see you here next Sunday. In fact, let's get together because I'm making waffles. So occasionally there are some people that kind of go over the top. Hopefully you'll see that happening and you'll go over to the rescue. <laughs> they keep that. Ah, it does happen. And we appreciate that enthusiasm. But is that first 10 minutes and the last 10 minutes as the service is over that are important? See, at the last 10 minutes, people find out whether you're really serious about caring uh, about having hospitality or whether you're just being polite. If those who said hello will actually say goodbye. If those who said that they were glad I was here would say, I'm glad, I would be glad to see you come back. And what happens then when somebody just keeps coming back? And they do. They're not new 
anymore to you. And so we, we don't have to be friendly to them anymore. We stop being friendly. Obviously not, but you know what we need to start is being friends. There's no place like home is not just at a place that is friendly, but a place that is friends. That opens up our circle and doesn't just hang out like next week and we get together. Uh, we've got the service will take place and afterwards we're going to get together outside for uh, a, a cookout together. You know, we do such a great job. Everybody feels welcome. We say uh, to them here and then when we go out there, all of a sudden we just shh, get sucked into our same circles that we've always had. I, and there's all kinds of things to say about that. And, and somebody say, well, that's the only time I see them. The only time I talk to these people. That's not good, is it? That's, that's not exactly a positive thing to say. Well, I got to talk to them because it's the only time. We're the body of Christ here. We're the family of God. Give them a call. Give them a text. Something throughout the week. Practice Hospitality. Not just seeking out the same people, not just in our holy huddles. Practice hospitality to be Jesus. Uh, as people walk through the doors to know that you can make a difference. Just by taking five. You know, next, next week's to say, I just gotta, you're talking, you're doing something, whatever it is, just have a moment. You see somebody that might be have a need. You see somebody that you have, don't know. Just to say, you know what, I'm not going to just uh, to say stop and everything. How about just say, I'm just going to take a time out. I'm just going to take five right here and take five minutes to focus on something else, someone elsewhere in some other way. In fact, uh, for next week, I'm looking for, I said it before, but I'm going to say it again. And for you to write it down on your sermon notes, you can hand it to me, to email me or whatever. For those who have had a sense, what your experience is when you've come here, is that you have found a place you belong. That somehow you were welcomed, that you were made a part, that you felt like this was home. If that was your experience, I'd like to hear that testimony. I'd like to be able to use it next week as part of a, a, a testimony as we share with the people and sharing with them that they belong. And please, so let me know that. Say, you, you got uh, to uh, give me a call, write it down, just hand it to me as we leave today. It's not low about Sunday morning. It's not all the time uh, because we, we are the church, not just here. We are the church all the time. And we need to connect with people with God's love all the time. An opportunity outside these walls, even as I mentioned last week about the opportunity really to practice hospitality at the uh, first night, the, the end of the year, the first night, and what we've been invited. I need to know, or they're going to ask me pretty soon. So if that's something you would be interested in, something you say, you know, I can take a, a couple hours and and just help out in that way and just... Be hospitable. That's something God is calling us to. So we need to practice hospitality as an action that leads to an attitude. But as well, we need to recognize that hospitality is an attitude that leads to action. An attitude that leads to an action. It doesn't make sense if people get a better greeting and a welcome from Walmart than they do from churches. 
And it's not because it's our job. It comes down to the attitude of Jesus coming out. There's way too many people you hear and their experiences when they go is just cold and friendly and downright rude experience that some have had in churches. And I've never yet, I think I've heard of one, but I've actually never yet in reality been at or met anybody from a church that said, hey, come visit us, we're rude. They, they all think they're friendly. Every church thinks they're friendly. The problem is they're friendly only to the people who they're friendly to every Sunday. And on their people, they're not really exhibiting the attitude of Christ. I mean, verse 8, part of what this is all about in practicing hospitality is in verse 8, right before verse 9, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. This bigger picture is about love. A genuine interest motivated, not because that's our job, but because it's an attitude that we have. This, what we're talking about this morning, what I'm talking about is not PR. It's not public relations. It's not putting on a good face. It's not trying to get people to come back. It's about being Jesus. It's about obeying and practicing hospitality. Caring, friendly, being a friend. Because of the attitude of love that lies behind hospitality. The word hospitality, in fact, in the Bible literally means, in in the New Testament, the hospitality is used, literally means love of or to strangers. A love of or to strangers. A spiritual attitude that leads to an action. And and sometimes we balk at this. We, you know, I I don't know, you know, about others and maybe the people just right around. But it it is something that we've been called to for Sometime uh, in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 33. When a stranger sojourns among you in the land, do not mistreat them. You shall treat the stranger who sojourns with you as a native born. You shall love them as yourself. For you were strangers in Egypt. I am the Lord your God. This is an attitude that has always been in what we are to have with others. Not just others who are like us, but others who are... Uh, different others who uh, in whatever way may feel like they're outside they're not to be made to feel that way we're fulfilling the second greatest commandment to love your neighbor as yourself I know some people believe that what church is about is just about me and God. First of all, if you believe that your church, whether it's here, is it's a service and it's just about, you know what, it's just about me and God and me worshiping God and being with God. And if it's all just about us and God, then why gather? If it's all just about us and God, then why are we with others? Why are we in a church that Jesus shed his blood for, as he says in Acts? He didn't just shed his blood for you and me, which we say all the time in our individual Christianity here. It says Jesus' blood was shed for the church. So the only thing, there are many things that are important in this time. The point of a church body and a family is not just what goes up and the upward that we talked about last week, but the inward and the outward, an attitude that leads to action. 
there may be some that don't like the talk of hospitality. And they would say, you know, I I just don't, this whole thing and what we got to do to others, and it's just kind of inconvenient, it's uncomfortable, and I don't like having some people the way they are. Verse 9, it says, offer hospitality to one another without what? Grumbling. Without grumbling. With the right attitude. The, The grumbling, to murmur, it means to mutter. A secret displeasure that is not openly displayed. Do you understand? It's what's going underneath your breath, in your head, that God hears the attitude. That grumbling that caused some wandering for 40 years. It's so much easier to stop our grumbling when we stop focusing on those three people that tend to get in the way. Me, myself, and I. Right? We get our eyes off of ourselves, off of our wants, our feelings, our needs, off of our kind of sense of a churchianity that's about me. And that actually has a Christianity that is about following Christ. As he said in Luke 9:23, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily and follow me. This is not our house. This is God's. This is we are not the kings of our castle. Jesus is. And I know there are some of you that are listening today to this message and you're saying, well, duh, this is kind of a simple message. We kind of get this. I already got it. I already know. Why is he even sharing it? And yet the reality is in churches everywhere and probably here, there are those who really don't like what we're talking about here. This makes them uncomfort- more than uncomfortable. This is not what church is about. But it is what being a Christian is about. And we start thinking, well, why do I have to do this? That's not what I come to church for. I come for me. Or, why do I have to do this? Nobody did it for me when I came. Again, here's that focus on those three people, me, myself, and I. Do unto others as they did unto you? Is that really the rule? As we're grumbling. I, mean, I, I don't want to give up my parking spot. I don't want to give up my seat. I don't want to give up my donut. Or whatever else was there this morning. I don't know. That kind of attitude is not one, not only of hospitality, but not one of Christ. Jesus who, Mark ten forty five, tells us, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. To give. You hear some people say, well, I don't mind new people. All right, all right, I hear you. I don't mind new people and other people coming here as long as they're normal. Okay, and what does that normal mean? Usually it means just like me. Just like us, which, whew, wow, that's a, wow, is that a definition of normal, right? You know, it's kind of, you got this whole, your first church, you know, everyone starts with everyone, some, all, if only I'm welcome. We don't really want those who are not like us. 
Jesus said in Luke 14, 13, But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, crippled, lame, blind, and you will be blessed. Though, you cannot, though they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection. We, don't, we want people who are, who are the good kind of fake Christians. that are not messy. You know, coming in our, our house, and I'm not talking about the place, but our house, our home, with boots that are muddy, or more than that in their life that are muddy. And Jesus says this. On hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have come to call the righteous, but sinners. These are the ones he's called. These are the ones that need a place to call home and have that sense of a welcome that they're cared about. There is no place like home is missing for many whose lives are messy. But we have it. Not just we have it. We are it. We understand that. A love of those coming in to those coming in the service that may represent years of prayer that have gone on by other people in their lives. We don't want them to be put off and offended by the people of Christ. They may be put off and offended by the gospel of Christ. May, we, we can't change the truth. But we certainly can change the love that we have. You belong. You belong here. It's not about a building. We recognize the home. There's no place like God's home. Where is God's home? It's not this building. It's not this service. Church is not this service. Church is you, is us. God's home is us. Where people should be able to feel at home as we practice hospitality. And not be like some churches that just hang out a sign, no vacancy, and then eventually they hang up another sign that says closed for business. To go beyond this and welcoming. And ultimately, why do we do this? Ultimately, why is this important? Not just so the word of God says it, but why is it important? Verse 7 uh, that we began reading with in chapter 4 of 1 Peter. It says, the end of all things is near. That's why we do this. That's why this is important to love and to show hospitality. Because the end of all things is near. There isn't much time and we can't waste it on ourselves. Who are already going to be with the Lord in heaven to the very end. The end is near. It's not time for us to sit down on the bus and take the tour to heaven. The end is near. It is time for us to work and bring his kingdom come. To let others know. As we show his love. To welcome people that one day we hope will be welcome into God's forever family. To see people move from our front door to God's door. That's why we do this. As we think about next week, there's a video we're going to show of inviting people and being a part of that. 
And then right after that, we're going to go into the special offering uh, that we're going to talk. Uh, I'll, I'll mention something about that as we get that. But just as we think about this back to church, there's a video we have um, that deals with that. Where do we belong? There's something deep inside each one of us that needs to belong. And so we spend our lives looking for other people to approve of us, to like us, and to invite us to be a part of something. Every one of us is searching for our true friends, our tribe, our church. We long for others to accept our friend invitations, click our like buttons, share our posts, and to take an interest in our lives and our moments. But while our social networks are growing bigger, so is our sense of loneliness. Since 1985, the number of Americans with no close friends has tripled. In that same time, churches in America have been shrinking. 85% of churches are in decline. More than half of millennials have left the church. But it doesn't need to be that way. The church can be God's answer to loneliness. After all, that's how the early church was born. For two millennia, the church was a hub of activity and friendship and shared purpose and vision. It was a place where people could find love and acceptance and hope. It was born as a place to belong. It's time to return to our roots. It's time for the church to be the church again, to love the hurting, to accept the outcast, to embrace the lonely. This fall, remind your family and friends and neighbors that there is hope, that they're not alone. Invite them back to church and remind them, you belong here. encourage you to do just that belong here no matter who they are as you look at that word hospitality on your notes and you see it there cross out the last four letters i or uh, just hospitality i-t-a-y what word do you have not the last three letters what word do you have hospital Recognize that some of the people are reaching out. Their hospitality is us being a hospital of the souls.